in the digital reality, evolution over revolution prevails. The QA approaches and techniques that worked yesterday will fail you tomorrow. So free your mind. The automation cyborg has been sent back in time. TED speaker Jonathan Wright's mission is to help you save the future from bad software. I write uh, software for the aircraft documentation. And how that pretty much happened was, um, I was working for Blue Cross at the time, and they asked me to come back to um, NASA because I worked with them before. I was an aircraft mechanic, and that was an awesome experience. In fact, uh, I was talking to somebody earlier today, and we're talking about, they're from Russia, and they're talking about their icon. I forgot that guy's name. It's like a cosmonaut day or something. And I mentioned to them that, oh, you know what? I remember when I was on the shuttle program for uh, uh, NASA and I kind of run into some astronauts there. It was pretty cool. Uh, in fact, one of them I was telling them was Eileen Collins and she was like the first woman commander on the shuttle. And that was cool. I mean, she was so nice and so humble. And I got to launch her out in one of our T-38s. I also saw John Glenn come out to one of the aircraft whoa icon dude he was like he man i mean you age you can tell when you age but the man was amazing i mean the fact was they were still allowing him to fly the t-38 and i got to launch him out a few times so you know you go look back at your career right and you see and i'm sure jonathan you know too right you look back at all the crazy people that you you've run into and so i, I kind of look back at that and now i have this platform like you know you're allowing me this honor i just want to say of being on your podcast um and go yeah my life was pretty cool i mean because you run into these crazy people and the same thing you jonathan i heard you um you run into some pretty crazy really uh important people in your life so um i think now maybe in my life this is a time where i can just share with everybody because i i just want anybody to feel the excitement that i have i guess anyway that's kind of my introduction no, it's it's absolutely awesome. I, I love that. I love your energy. You know, yeah. I, I was I was blown away by uh, oh, your hosting you, for the full day. Right, you you know your your energy levels. You know, it's I know firsthand how hard it is, and you literally knocked it out of the park. You were you were engaged with the audience. You were engaged with the speakers. Yeah. Throwing the you know <laughs> the hard questions in there, and you know you were just keeping it all together. And I just think that's that's just pure magic, right? Uh, NASA magic, shall we say? And I, I'm just, you know, I'm blown away by your story. I know the listeners will be as well. Oh, thanks, yeah. everybody. Thanks for the opportunity. But yeah, you're right. Um, go. What, what do you want to say? Just... Well, no, I just, you know, I, I know you touched on it a little bit about starting off as a mechanic. You know, all yeah. the way back in 1987, right? Running, yeah. running, you know, with hardware. Let's call it hardware for a second. But you know, a real yeah. craft. You know, yeah. <laughs> Real stuff, y'all. Pardon the pun. But yeah, pardon the pun. Hey, you said it. (laughs) (laughs) So what made you kind of make the decision to go from mechanic to software developer at IBM? You know, what what made you do that kind of career change? Yeah, and and thanks for that. Uh, It's my dad. Oh, I love my dad. You know, he was he was Marine Corps and I joined the Air Force. It's like, er, butt heads. You know, he's like, er, grunt, gung-ho. And I'm like, no, I go crank wrenches. <laughs> but, I mean, when he said, hey, I get your job at IBM, um, I thought, yeah, you know what? Um, and it goes back a little further. So we used to go diving. 
in Florida, right? I remember being on the boat and this IBMer guy's there and he goes, Mike, you are an aircraft mechanic and you kind of understand aircraft operations. If you got into software programming, you would be an amazing fit for like the airline industry. And I thought, yeah, dude, because then I would understand the aircraft operations side of it. And then I'd also stun understand um, the software side of it. And so that's kind of was my springboard into it. And I was like, yeah, I can do the hello world. <laughs> right. And then from there, I took a lot of C classes because that's what he told me to do. And then um, I got my degree finally. And then he's right, because as soon as uh, I was at Johnson Space Center and I was an aircraft mechanic in the docks and they were looking to start doing computerized maintenance, you know, for the uh, inspections on the aircraft. And I was like, wow, dude. I might be able to write you something here because they were looking at a Navy system. So they wanted me to kind of like write like a prototype. And so I wrote this prototype, John, it was so cool to see the transformation from, you know, paper forms to where you started to see it onto the computer where the mechanics would actually go in and populate their information to keep track of the inspection. And when I saw that, I was like, oh yeah, there's definitely a niche here to where I can start trans, uh, you know, transferring this over or moving into more of a software career. And then from there, eventually my dad got me that job at, at IBM. And that's where I really learned. Okay, I, I, was, I was thrown into the test lab <laughs> and, and I worked with modems. It was like X25 cards, you know, the whole 3270 stuff. And um, I actually fried a few modems. <laughs> you know, you learn, right? And it was just from there, it just took off. And ever since then, NASA found out about the IBM thing and they brought me back. And um, like I said, Sophia, I did some interfacing for some architectures. It's been a great ride. It, it really has. So I hope that kind of explains my my career. <laughs> no, it, it's amazing. And, I, you know, and I see that synergy because, you know, yeah. my, my father was um, was an engineer by trade yeah. so he was electronic engineer and um yeah. he worked for uh, a, a big steel company and he was you know he was one of the early you know one of the kind of early founders of the kind of the IEEE kind of movement yeah really passionate about that kind of you know driving engineering disciplines and and I love engineering you know I just yeah, everything you're saying just resonates with me because I just love the idea of you know, taking something and and that knowledge which you've got of of uh, mechanics, and then applying yeah. that domain expertise into the landscape of, of software as a yeah. kind of uh, you know as a trade, right? And I just think it, it's it's kind of where all apprenticeships should kind of be, yes. be in, right? You know, you do what you're passionate about, and you know, you mentioned earlier, you know, you got two sons who are you know tra challenging you. You know, they're building oh, things in yeah. Minecraft. Boys. And they want to follow in your footsteps. You know, do you feel that, that you know, you're going to take them on that journey to show them yeah. what, what's out there, right? Oh, you know, and it's okay. So um, I think we just a little bit on gaming, didn't we? Uh, so my crazy 13-year-old man, I mean, he goes, hey, dad, look, I found a bug. Like, I'm not going to say the game, <laughs> but he's like finding bugs. And I'm like, he says, look, I can make this car fly. And he said, that's not normal. And so you already see he's got the, the ability to test because I was an automation tester at IBM, right? So you can already start to see he wants to follow in his father's footsteps. And then I've got the younger one. He came up with this crazy idea. I can't say what it is. And I'm like, whoa, this is amazing. 
they're both innovative, Jonathan. And we talked about that, didn't we? We were like, it seems like today they're kind of compressing that a little bit. And then people like you and me and all you out there that are in the IT industry, we're trying to, you know, put that in or instill that in our, uh, our children. And one more, I know a guy for a really big database company out of the East Coast, and he's doing the same thing. He's getting his children and these other guys are getting together and teaching them marketing skills on how to market these software technologies. So I guess it's parents like you and me, right? We're, we're trying to instill that kind of, the same kind of uh, innovation in our children. So that's a great question, Jonathan. It really is, because I'm, I'm down for that. Yeah, and I, I love it. It's that kind of passion of unlocking that yeah. creativity. We, we, we mentioned, you know, uh, uh, the TED Talk from Sir Ken Robinson around, you wow. know, killing creativity, right? You know, it's, it was just one of those yes. text spots textbook kind of pen talk and you know it's so powerful because we just don't know where things are going to be in 10 years time right yes. you kind of mentioned um you know starting off as a mechanic you know i i, I i'm awful with anything plumbing you know any kind right, of right right of course any kind of mechanical expertise but you know you think about technologies like um augmented reality right you think yes. about you know, things like HoloLens and obviously that, you know, Microsoft are using that with the Pentagon for like military application, but also wow. yes. you know, the augmented reality allows you to literally see how you can put these bits together and overlay it in a kind of, you know, <clears throat> I'm not going to go into a Marvel Iron Man kind of landscape, <laughs> yeah. getting to that point, right? right and right. next year we have the the Apple uh, glass glasses, right? Which is going to yeah. be like what we had with Google glasses. And you, you're thinking, those overlays are going to be on there and that augmented kind of intelligence. And, you know, as it's tracking through it and you're talking about, you know, your son discovering bugs and, you know, feeding those back <clears> into Microsoft if it's in Minecraft or whatever it is. Suddenly <laughs> I didn't say, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like... It's amazing, bro. And, and, and so it's the, it's the energy. And, and I think it's another thing, you know, it, it's attitude in us. And all I'm going to say is like, if I come home and my son sees me going, oh man, you know, I hate my job or whatever. I like what I'm doing. But if they see the passion, right, it's, it's like energy. It's like they're attracted to that. And obviously, you know, I try to be a good role, you know, a role for a father. And so I can see that in them now. And um, it's, it's funny you mentioned hologram. My youngest one at six years old already came up with some crazy kind of idea. And I'm trying to see if I can run into the right people to pitch it. Cause you know, you got a lot of people out there, they're haters, right? And all they want to do is crush your ideas and your innovation. And so I try to instill that in my sons because they are the future. And you mentioned STEM too, right? And NASA's got a lot of programs for a lot of educational, uh, you know, a material they, they hand out to the schools and universities. And so they know you can't just sit on those old guys. I'm sorry. I'm just saying they got to really invest in the younger generation because, you know, they're talking Mars, right? And all this other space exploration, they're the ones that are going to get us there. So I think us as parents, like what you do and, and all you out there, it's important for us to really just instill that into our children to say, hey, you are this generation that's going to get us, you know, moving into you know, the future. So, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I'm, you know, I'm massively inspired by kind of your, your attitude and also yeah. you know, what I loved about what you, you handled while you were there, you, you know, you got some of that kind of, you know, haters and you managed to swat it down, you know, you yeah. managed to swat it out and kind of say, look, we're all here to learn. We're all yeah. here to be together. But, right. you know, this, this kind of fear of maybe the unknown or, you know, maybe even people's opinions. And I think it's, it's really hard because, 
you know, you want to be able to share those creative ideas. Yes. And of course, you know, there's a risk that they're not very good, right? But, you know, right. part of it is you've got to build people's confidence up. Yes. And I think, especially in the IT industry and, and, and kind of there's this kind of maybe not this encouragement to really, you know, put yourself out there and, and fail and, you know, and, and learn from it. Right. And you That's think right. about all the great inventors like, you know, Mr. Dyson, you know, it, yeah. it took him a hundred iterations before he, before he actually came up with a successful prototype. Right. right, right Same right. for Hewlett and Packard who, you know, wow. did iterations, you know, Mark one, Mark two, if the, you know, the scientific calculators, things that they were building in their, you know, in their garage, yes. you know, part of it is you're going to fail. Right? right. Right. You've got to have that encouragement and that support that is going to get you back up and, and anything is possible. The future right. is for you to, to come up with these ideas and your, you know, your sons to to actually share their ideas and, and, and their different ways of looking at the world, which I think, you know, there's generations which have kind of been taught, taught to actually not do that, to not fail. Yes. Mistakes, oh, right? bro, you are so right. Because everybody gets the award, right? Everybody, even if you fail. I've heard this from people. Everybody gets the award. Hey, you know, you failed, but I'm still going to. You know what? I, I get that, but at the same time, I gotta I gotta be able to handle when somebody at work tells me, Mike, your program crashed, or Mike, your software isn't that good, and we need to improve on it. You're absolutely right. I mean, we've got to come to that point, and our children need to know that too. It's okay to fail. I agree with that, Jonathan. Totally, hundred percent. I really do. Yeah, you're right. And, and and I guess this is this kind of fail fast, learn rapid. Uh, kind of viewpoint of the landscape this controlled experiments yeah. but it's also this this kind of this passion to to celebrate failure and to kind of learn from it and, and then pivot right and i yeah. think that's what digital as a, as a buzzword is all about and i suppose right. you know mm -hmm. we were going to get onto this at some point in time but you know if you think about maybe the spacex model versus nasa they're, they're completely different right yes. um, and you know you probably see a lot more around fake news which is what you know <laughs> around yeah. that area where you know there's there's a lot seen as a, a lot of not success when it comes to spacex because they are experimenting and mm. sometimes they fail sometimes they succeed right but, you know you could you can't an establishment like nasa can't be seen to fail at that kind of catastrophic, yes. catastrophic level can they yes you're right you're absolutely right now i'm not going to get in trouble <laughs> you know me i'm staying away from the politics <laughs> but i'm just a software developer <laughs> But you're right. I mean, they have an image to uphold because, you know, obviously when you mention NASA, people are like, NASA, what? You know, because they are looking as kind of still NASA as the icon because you think about, man, I didn't tell you. I like when I ran into John Glenn, I'm like, I'm looking at an icon here. Or one of my friends, we were asking one of the astronauts, they said, what's it like for you to, you know, get in a shuttle and launch into space? He said, well, what do you think? I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, when you say throttles up, they're scared because the thing could blow up. And so those are heroes. And then so it's just different. The, the people who, I mean, man, think about all the people who lost their lives. I'm just going to throw that out there. The ones who made it possible for space exploration. There may be some we don't even know. And you're absolutely right. And so NASA upholds that image. It was bad. I mean, guys, it was really bad when the one came in, it disintegrated. Um, I knew some of the people there when I was in Houston, it just tore the city apart and it tore the whole world apart because that's what NASA is to everybody. And when we lose lives, we just all sit back and go, wow, you know, did we push too hard or something like that? 
And, uh, but then again, it's just like you said, you know, we scrape our knees and we move on, right? We keep pushing because that's the whole thing. And it's just like IT industry when we fail. When I fail in production, I, we get back in and then we continue moving forward until we have a successful product. All right, that, that's my thing. So yeah. <laughs> I, I know, I, so I'm not gonna ask you too much around that, which you can and cannot say. Obviously you've got- <laughs> yeah, don't please. <laughs> But yeah, so, you know, I, I must admit, uh, you know, I felt that, you know, I, I remember going walking around some of the museums in DC and, and going, yeah. you know, just feeling kind of, you know, how many iterations NASA's kind of gone through. And and, and I, I remember starting, the first touch point I ever had of NASA was I, I worked for a, a company called Siemens. It was as when I graduated yeah. as a university in, in, in high performance computing. I, and I was out in Boca and, and literally, you know, they were, showing me this NASA tool for looking at uh, at requirements to make to make it see if they were ambiguous and yeah. it was a free tool you could download it from the NASA website and you know it was just a really basic parser that looked through documents and got rid of things that said should or could and it was just kind of getting you thinking into this mentality of you know you really have to define things um and i yes. know what you're going after and yes. you know we i think we covered it slightly when we were doing our sessions but you know there was this kind of view of CMMI, this capability maturity index, which, you know, NASA was the, the, the flagship poster boy for level five, right? Yes, yes. Uh, whereas it's not level five anymore. It's managed to go down because actually you yes. don't need that level of, of kind of scrutiny around, you know, things that happen. And, yeah. and I think it's, it's fascinating, you know, the idea that, you know, uh, and especially when we look at things like SLAM and all the predictive maintenance models and everything else, what's going on that, especially with IoT, that yes. kind of allows us to have all this data going through around and be able to create these models. And, and my obviously my session was around digital twins, which became famous from Apollo 13, was, yeah. you know, we've got to recreate this. Let's recreate a digital version of it and model every single possible scenario to then find a solution. And yep. I think we're getting into that kind of landscape where we can take that for not just spaceships, but actually for software. Oh, absolutely. And, yep. And it's, it's that same kind of view. And instead of maybe IoT and, and those sensors and, 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 and failover and, and resilience, which you've got within those kind of platforms, you've got that same thing with, with kind of software systems, which, right. you know, most organizations now being software businesses, you know, NASA is going to be, a software business, right? In essence, yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I was gonna say I was gonna add to that. Um, and and so, uh, Jonathan, when I gave my first presentation for the Giggle thing, I was kind of like, okay, I want all you to think I'm just me. You know, I'm Mike. You know, I put on pants and like everybody else. And I want you to know I'm just like you. And also, I wanted to say you're all contributors to NASA. You really are, right? All the work that you have done, Jonathan. Everybody that's out there. I guarantee you there's something in there that you have done, some kind of software that you have, you know, blood, sweat, and tears, right, that you have done for us that we're using. And I wanted everybody to kind of feel inclusive, like we're a family, because we are a family. And this whole crazy old world online conference thing that we're doing, we are a family. And we're all in this together to move us all forward into whatever that, you know, uh, future is. And I thought that was really cool when you band everybody together as a family. I, I thought that was just amazing to see the collaboration of all the different trades that are out there. And it, it just blows my mind how this whole COVID thing has actually gotten better because it's brought me to know you and, and all these other people in the world, which I don't think would have been possible before.
So obviously this is good for all of us and it's just moving us forward into whatever that kind of future looks like. Like you said, IOT and, and AI and all that kind of crazy stuff. So, yeah. yeah. I love it. Honestly, I, I could literally, you know, maybe even write a book with you because you kind of yeah, got that. Kind it, of, got the stories, wait, right? wait, wait, wait. And then so <laughs> you hold up a book and everybody holds up a book. Remember? <laughs> I'm like, I don't got a book. <laughs> and then you go, you were writing his book and his book. I, I don't got a book. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> well, you've got a book coming to you in the post because I, I, I reached yeah, yeah, out to you today. <laughs> and, um, but actually, I was working on, on, on a book that I'm doing, just going to publication with at the moment, which is around cognitive engineering. And, and yeah, it, wow. it had NASA. And what I will do, actually, as soon as I finish this, I'm going to put your name on it. No, and bro, are you serious? So, Oh, I am going to put you in oh there. So God. you are literally going to be, and as soon as that goes to press, you'll get, I'm going to send you a copy out there. Oh man, everybody COVID rocks. I'm not about <laughs> But you're right. And I think what I loved about what you've just said, and, and it's like, we talked about bringing the community together and why yeah. we do things, right? But I yeah. think you've taken it to an entire new step, which is, you know, I, when I was I living in New Zealand, there was this kind of concept of six degrees of separation, literally like you knew, every single person because it was so small you saw the same people walking down the street every single yeah. day yeah. you know there's more sheep there than there is people you know it was crazy right yeah. but what yeah. you've just talked about is this six degrees of separation for software that actually something yeah. you might have done you might have collaborated to you might have contributed to an idea impacts the rest of the world right yes and i think that is just is just beautiful and, and so when i you know where i am at the moment i'm literally 20 minutes away from the Rolls-Royce uh, offices, oh, right? And I remember right. going there, yeah. looking at their engine management systems. And obviously there's, there's always the joke around flying the testing, flying the frozen um, uh, turkey through the blades to see if it expands. So I'm going to tell you on that if you're done. But, but So literally, I'm just going to say, when NASA used to do on the T-38, the windscreen, they would shoot a turkey at the windscreen to try to blow it apart. You probably heard about it. I was like, what, dudes, they really did it? He's right, everybody. They would shoot turkeys out of a gun. I they heard that, bro. Yeah. They do do it. And, and it's funny because they, I, my friend Stefan, he, he actually said yeah, they do, but it's not frozen turkeys. It's room temperature turkeys. Yeah, yeah, because everybody thought it was frozen. <laughs> I was like, bro, it's not frozen, all right? It's kind of like room temperature, but it's still a turkey. I just I love it, right? And I, I, I yeah. remember when I I went into the into the offices there, and it, to me I was I was thinking about software at the time, and I was a bit about 10, 15 years ago, so a bit younger. Yeah, but yeah. I right. was looking at these engine management systems, and they were kind of everything had a, a backup, right? And I, yeah. you know, I, I I get that. It's just amazing how it's done. Um, and literally, they were saying, yeah, okay, you know, this backs up here, and you know, ev for everything, there's a duplicate duplicate system that will be able to kick back in, and all the yeah, resilience yeah. and redundancy. <laughs> and so I was looking at it, and they was literally saying, yeah, when we re have to request a, a a replacement piece, we um, we send an email. Now this made me laugh because I was like, really, the the, the, the sophistication, like you said, with the you know, 56K modem dialogue was the <laughs> same equivalent, right? They were literally yeah. sending this yeah. this mail to Rolls-Royce, were just down the road from me. And then the server would parse it and then put the order in, the logistics would, you know, deliver the piece. Yeah. Yeah. Now I was sat there and I was going through and I was kind of, you know, talking about non-functional requirements and, you know, security and, you know, yeah. Yeah. all this kind of stuff. And then I kind of came into, you know, DR and I was like, well, where's the DR mail server? And they were like, well, we don't have a DR mail server. I was like, but you've got all this redundancy in hardware. 
Yeah. But then the system that's the mail server has no DR replacement. So, you know, it was one of the first things they went, okay, mm-hmm. we'll take 10 minutes to spin up another machine. We'll fix it, right? No problems. Right. But you know, that's the whole point is your little suggestion may become a blueprint to something that becomes a standard, right? For oh, oh whoa, that's crazy. For anything, right? Yeah. And, and that might be how we interconnect at some point in time in yeah. this six degrees of separation that, you know, and I, it's the same for for uh, for all of these different aspects is, you know, there's there's so much learning what we can do from, yeah. from these kind of systems. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, when you're designing stuff now, and I always love your back, your diagrams and your kind of your user kind of use cases and what you're, you're, you're mapping out in your mind. How do you start thinking about it from like an architecture point of view? Is everything about redundancy or is it about performance or what, what is it? What drives you when you're thinking about this? Stuff? I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know. Is it kind of like Edison, the light bulb? I, I want to make a light bulb, right? In other words, um, they'll come to me, for example, and say, okay, we want you to connect system A to system B. And then so my mind, I don't know, people think I'm weird. I don't know. You just, But I think like you, outside the box, because I'm already thinking not only the solution of connecting this system to this system, and because of the knowledge I'm gaining from every one of you out there, like Docker containers, I'm already thinking about the cloud. I'm already starting to think about you know the network and the security going, okay, so when I build this system, I start to, and one thing, I used to work with interns, okay, because I'm a mentor for interns. And when they come in, they're like, Mike, you're showing me this crazy architecture. I can understand it. I said, dude, or a girl would do that, whatever. I say, draw simple boxes. It doesn't have to be a really, you know, famous UML sequence diagram or, or some kind of architectural diagram. Just draw a box and draw a box, you know, this box, this box. And that's when your mind starts to process, because I'm a visual person, Jonathan, right? And so I can think in my head, but I got to get it down on paper. I got to get it to where this box and like this box and this box, this box. And then you start to fill it in. Some dude told me one time at IBM, it's like pseudocoding, right? You know, I'm going to do this and then do this and do this. And so that's kind of what I do with my architecture. And then I start to, you know, start to bring these ideas to like um, one of the chief engineers over at NASA or something and say, hey, you know, what do you think? And you know, that's great. Or, you know, go back and, you know, it's terrible. So that's kind of how I do it. it and then and maybe it's unorthodox. In other words, it may not be exactly what the universities are telling us what to do or, you know, guy famous in a book. It's just the way I'm comfortable, Jonathan. And I, it works and it, I'm successful at it. So I just continue, you know, like do your own thing. And that's kind of what I do. So, yeah. <laughs> Oh, I, I love it, and, and, and I obviously I'm inspired. I might even have to change my back my backdrop to include a whiteboard because I'm getting withdrawal. <laughs> That's the only one thing I'm getting withdrawal from is whiteboards because you know they, I think you're absolutely right. You know, having five or six different people with different viewpoints on things, being able to you know whiteboard it out and go yeah. that is a box. We don't know what it's in, inside it at the moment, but and then people coming up with different viewpoints. You know. Should this be, should it be available to the user? Should it, yes. what's, what about privacy? What about, yes. you know, how, how we use the, this technology or what do we do with the data? And I think that's amazing because, you know, it is a collaborative process and it's kind yeah. of what COVID has kind of forced upon us is that we can't UML ourselves, right? We can't yeah, just go man. off and drive yeah. it. We have to have a feedback and, you know, yeah. talk to people and communicate and think about how, this fits in with other parts of the system, the ecosystem yes. of ecosystems, right? All yes. these 
kind of I'm going to call them stars for a second, but you know, interactions between all these complex systems. Right. You know, right. it can just be a universe, right? But you know, yeah, part yeah. of it is at some point you're going to have to get down to the Milky Way, right? And I'm not yes. talking about the chocolate bar, but you know, part of it is, you know. Oh, uh, you don't. I don't think you have Milky Bars in the U.S. anymore, anyway. Whatever. But, yeah, uh, we do. Yeah, I always ask that question too. I go like, "What? You guys got Snickers?" <laughs> Just kidding. Well, they were marathon bars, weren't they? So they, they changed terminology. But it's the same for everything, isn't it? And I, I, yeah. this is what I love about you know standards and stuff, which I was trying to push through. You know, I'm doing a lot with the ISO at the moment around yeah. standards for for modeling. It's important uh, because I'm. I'm passionate about that kind of get it out, draw it, put it out on there and think about it. And also AI and software mm -hmm. testing. And, you know, we, you, you, you superstar kind of led the, the, the call with Jason from test.ai and we yeah. had Iran on there and we were all kind of throwing out ideas about, you know, what this future might look like. And then right. there was obviously that kind of question about, will it replace people? Of course not. Yeah, yeah, that's a myth. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I love your you know your idea around you know where potentially you can utilize it, and and I guess it's really kind of um, for you, it's it's empowering you in what you do, right? Yeah, and you know it's funny because you mentioned the whiteboard. So, oh, I just want to say one thing: Silicon Valley. You know the culture there. It's so cool, Jonathan, because um, I worked at Aim Flight Research Center. I would go up there sometimes up in Mountain View. But there's some cool coffee shops across the street. They have one like Hacker Dojo. It's like, okay, that's definitely Silicon Valley. But then you see the Google people come in and the eBay people, they all come into the coffee shop. They're having power meetings inside the coffee shops. In other words, they're taking that traditional way of doing things, right? Trying to make it fun for the team. I remember one time I was taking a class in Miami on web services. It was for Oracle. They come in their board shorts. I'm like, dude. And I'm like, oh, yeah, man, we're going to play at volleyball, you know, in a couple hours after we code. That's the change in the culture, right? In other words, I think software people like you and me, we try to make it fun. But at the same time, we're very productive in what we do because you got to have a passion. And, man, I'll tell you what, if I was a CEO of a big company, I'd be like, man, dude, we got free food. You know, we're going to party, have volleyball courts in the backyard, coffee shops all over the place because that's going to produce the software. It's a, it's a different world. It's not the IBM, right? The shirt and the tie anymore. It's this cool look. It's the trendy. Um, Giggle's super trendy, man. When you see that picture up there, these kids are having fun, Jonathan. It's none of this, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to work and I don't like Monday kind of thing. They enjoy going to work. And I think you and me, with all the experience we've got, that's what we need to be instilling in this generation. Make it fun, man. I just got one more. So when we when we push this, our first iteration of our Sophia portal, the guys are like, oh, man, we got phase two. We got to do this. I go, dude, let's go to the beach. They're like, what? I said, I'll take the hit. I mean, I hope NASA's not listening. But we did. We went to the beach. We had a good time. We played volleyball. I mean, I think that's the cool thing about software industry. You can do those kind of things. And because of it, Everybody's having fun. Everybody becomes, uh, you know, unified as a team. And then you knock it because you see some really cool products that, you know, that come out in the industry. Anyway, I just want to throw that in there because it's just. Yeah, know. I love it. I, it's like play hard, think hard kind of crushed yeah. it together is, you know, I think that is the problem, isn't it? It's kind of what what is iteration too you know that I, I i'm not going to go go onto it too much but you know you know part of it is you've got this capacity right you've got this capacity and say it's 
100 people. Yeah. And the, the feel is that those 100 people need to be doing something or delivering something of value continuously, right? Yeah. And, and part of it is something, a logical product increments finish it. And, you know, part of it is Friends. maybe yeah. there is this, you know, and, and Google talk about it with this kind of day where you've got to be able to, you know, recharge, rethink, rechallenge what you, the, the absolute core principles. Because yeah. I think part of it is we're, we're, in a way, we're accepting those principles and those approaches that have happened before and right. expecting that, you know, we can build upon those, you know, like, you know, when people start talking about containers and, you know, yeah. you've got this vision of, you know, lots mm -hmm. of containers stacked on top of each other and you're thinking, you know, it wouldn't be difficult to knock these over, right? And I think that's the that's the view is we, we go from like spaghetti architectures, we go into service orientated architecture. Right, right, right. The next things comes out, they come in waves of maybe 10, 15 years, another iteration. But there's no reason why not any of those shouldn't be, you know, strong. You know, you look at the old enterprise service buses, you yeah. know, the TIBCOs of the world, which were just, you, you know, bomb proof. You could blow it up and then suddenly, you know, there's going to be the messages are still there. And then you look at Kafka and go, you know, you, you can't get the message onto Kafka because your API is down. It's dead, right? You know, part of it is we're not, we're building fragile systems in a way because we're, we're adopting whatever is the, the, the latest technology, which may not be fit for purpose for the right solution. And I, I know this is your, your playground, right? And I know you. Yeah, I'm this laughing. You're mentioning technology. Something you, you're right on. You know, container Kafka. <laughs> you're right, absolutely. And you know, it's, it's funny you mentioned Kafka because um, I tried to install it in a VM at first. Okay, a little techie. I could not get Zookeeper working and Kafka because they got to work together, right? Because it's part of that load balance. Uh, Jonathan, as soon as I put it, and no, this is not advertising. As soon as I put it into, uh, it was, I pulled a Docker container down. It contained all the components. Man, it just, it was awesome because I was able to now deploy it when I want to, not worrying about the VM that's on the outside. And because I don't have to worry about the port configuration or the conflicts or anything like that. And that's what made this last product I released successful. It is the containers, like you said. And it's, I guess it's learning from, you know, the guy before, the guy after, after, after. And here's our generation. And we can look back at the mistakes they made. And now we have this crazy cool product that we know is more robust than everything. And so um, now we move forward into the next generation, you know, our kids, right? So everything that we've learned, the sweat that we've done, now they're going to even get a better product as we move into the future when they've got, I don't know what kind of, you know, container or whatever they'll be using, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it, and I, I love it, and, it, and you know, I know one of the questions you asked was about, you know, what would you recommend for people to do, right? How yeah. to get started, and uh, you know, exactly what you kind of saying there about, you know, something like Zookeeper and, and Kafka, yeah. and then you know, you, you're dealing with consumers, producers, you, you're looking at all yes. the logistics of how it all fits together, and, yeah. and I think that is that is enterprise architecture and incredibly complex. Yeah, but you've also got these people outside they you know with kafka now what what does that mean well it means we got huge amount incredible amounts of streams of data right yes. and you know let's you could kind of say data lakes for a second but yes, you know, yes, this idea lakes. of yeah, yeah, yeah. Huge amounts of data capturing and so therefore you know what you do with it and i know there was this this kind of viewpoint of data as the new oil but you know it was we, the problem was questioning what could we do with the data, right? And I think yes. these younger minds who are looking and thinking about, you know, where, where should I be thinking about starting my career? You know, things like data engineering, you know, uh. understanding and modeling and data and understand, and maybe that's where, 
you started off with this kind of very structured kind of uh, semantics, which you understood around the aviation industry, which yeah. gave you an unconditional advantage because you understood the logic, but you yeah. also knew the data, right? You knew if yeah. this this component yeah. was giving you some information, how mm -hmm. what, what data was it, what you needed to consume, and what does that mean you can get as far as insight and what how that drives? And I think that's where we've got to focus these minds is this new question about, what is what can the data do for us right and we know yeah. machine learning and predictive analytics and all this great stuff coming down that may turn it into the minority report right where things are just <laughs> report, <on the> <laughs> and you know you're joining them together going would that fit well actually it would and you, you're seeing two completely separate systems that actually then can create a new opportunity or a new way of yeah. looking at things i think we're getting to that stage, right? That it's yeah. it kind of, we've got to think about the data. I'm not going to say it's the matrix and the, and the lady with the red dress oh, walking down the street. We're getting to that point, right? Yeah, don't go there. <laughs> but yeah, it's funny you say that because um, actually I'm working on a, on a project coming up. They've already proposed it. We're taking like the raw data from another old uh, legacy system. I'm not gonna say what it is. Well, I say FileMaker Pro, right? And they wanna take that data and they wanna now put it into like the super hot like Jira, which is the tra tracking tool. And so the idea is a lot of that data now, it's because of, you know, it's, it's different back then. You had to buy a license, right? You had all this stuff that you had to do, you know, to be able to continue to operate this older system. But now you've got these super hot systems coming up. They've been around a while. They tested like, you know, Jira and, and all these tracking tools and the way that they can use it for workflows. And now they're starting to migrate that data out. And so you as a, a call it data scientist or whatever, it's like you said, it's how you take that data, right? And how you migrate it and get it to work inside of this newer uh, system. And then like 10 years from now, I don't know what kind of system be out there, but it's, it's, it's going to always be like that. It's always migrating from something that's old, archaic and moving it into something that's, you know, modern for today, which everybody uses, you know, in the industry. So. Yeah, that's a great point, Jonathan. I, I love it. I absolutely love it. And, and, you know, what you do, which is actually probably one of the most important things around document management side of things. Yes. You're talking exactly about that. You know, I, I had this kind of say, which I, I'm definitely, you know, I might even put your name next to, but, you know, uh, for the book. But, you know, part of it is and it's, it's brought back that kind of thought process of legacy yeah. is your legacy, right? As soon as yes. you store something, a one, a zero, anything, a yes. bit of information, a data cube, suddenly <clears throat> it is legacy. And you've got to think about how you maintain the journey of that data and what you do with it, right? Yes. So all that information, all those heuristics, all those semantics, which NASA have applied, all those documents, all those learnings, all that yes. kind of insight mm. about how things interact with stuff, getting, leveraging that and get, presenting that and learning from it is absolutely essential right and i know data. yes yes and, and if i can i'm sorry to interrupt but yeah in fact um i i heard that some of the older experiments that they did a lot of that data can be lost i mean literally jonathan i'm gonna get in trouble but it could be a sitting in a warehouse it could be in paper format right and so you know somebody's got to scan all that stuff somebody's got to get that data into an electronic format to at least now we have the data and maybe you want to throw it into some ai system like tensorflow or maybe you know something like that and then have a data source like a data lake like you said you got to get into that format and then so once you do then you can start applying i don't know hey, this experiment back then and how do we compare it to today? 
And I think that's important. And like you said, you don't want to lose that data. It's vital. It's part of the whatever corporation you're in from the beginning until where you are now, because those are statistics and you still need to retain that data. It's important. So you're absolutely right. I agree with that. Totally. <laughs> I think I, I think we've unlocked a whole stack of new stuff, which is going to change the world. But, everywhere. you know. I genuinely think, you know, keeping with the legacy is your legacy. That information, that's yes. <clears throat> in whatever format, it could have been, yes. you know, paper. It could have been, um, you know, sat on some tape backup that it, yeah. where it was archived off 20 years ago. Right. That yeah. information is unstructured data that could become structured, right? Yes. And maybe they didn't have a use for that data back then, but there is now. Oh, and, you know, partly one of the things, Tarek, when we've been talking about with Jason and mm. Test.ai, when they're obviously at the forefront of this stuff, was mm. around applying NLP, natural language processing, to wow. historical uh, 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 information within your organization. So if yeah. you think about that document repository, train your NLP to understand NASA, right? Yeah. Gives it this ability that actually you can create a Sophia, uh, Sophie or a platform, which is an AI as, uh, is an assistant like your Google and You're like your ideas, Jason. <laughs> that knows about historical information about NASA, right? And that's what you should be building next week. Yes, yeah, yeah, you will get together. You. Sign it. <laughs> Just, Forget the, the the old interface. Replace it with a, a yes. virtual personal assistant, right? Yes. You can ask it anything, uh, and maybe even you know get it like you get with with Iron Man, right? Not only in talking to her in the the headset, but augmenting the information, pulling oh. up files and and you know things that people have done around building these systems in the past. I think yes. you've got the new platform to build it, and yeah. I'll come back in a week and we'll see how 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 far you've got. Yeah, right, whatever. No, but you know, you mentioned something crazy because they're really getting into VR now, right? And they were, I don't know if this is true. Maybe I just thought of this. I was like, could you, okay, you know how you have to pull like a document, right? And so you got to do a crazy, you know, like a normal search, like like a Google type. They were thinking like, well, no, this VR, it like you actually like walk into a room, like a file room, it's like virtual. And then you just start pointing and then you're like pulling the document. It just opens a whole nother world. Like, like, you know, a virtual, like they walk on the moon and you can kind of feel it, but you walk into like a document record warehouse. And then you start kind of getting the feel around you of what you're looking for, because that's what VR is doing now. All those new virtual type technologies. And then, and then you get that historical data. Cause then I can go find X15 data if I wanted. You know, like in the VR thing, like here X15 here, and I want to pull it down, and then whoop, the document opens up like right in front of you. It just opens a whole nother way of like like what is that one movie? Uh, something one of those old space movies. It just really starts to show us, wow, maybe we can start applying this type of technology because all it's going to do is give you that visual experience of you know uh, looking for information, which means it's going to really improve the way you perform like aircraft inspections or whatever you know your your trade is so i totally agree i mean that's where everything seems to be going anyway you know virtual ai and then with the data that we're going to bring in legacy and historical so yeah, yeah no, absolutely i remember doing some smart building uh, stuff mm. with 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 vr and it yeah. was this or, or with augmented reality and, and the yeah, idea yeah. was for building maintenance, it literally you could look up at a light bulb and see how, how many hours it had been running That's for. Crazy. And then, you know, potentially predict the failure be before it happens, right? Yeah. And, you know, part of it was everything was interactive. And, uh, and you know, we I, I worked at Hitachi at the time and they even came with smart dust, which was like 
fragmented so you could paint it onto your, your walls it was just weird but, you know but you know part of it is i think we're getting into that it's the thing that you should be able to interact with anything and i, I know we joked about you know do things like nuclear uh, power stations but I, I remember doing um you know which kind of resonates with me for your stuff we're doing um with trains uh, for the uk government so we had actually built these these trains and they were scanning the the actual infrastructure as they were going along and each Wow. train would have 10,000 IoT devices which were wow. constantly sensing everything what was going up to and then each time it pulled into into a train station it would offload large sets of data because it, well, it couldn't you couldn't throw it over a 5G network you'd have to then take yeah. that data dump terabytes with the rail information about how the infrastructure is working wow. you know data about mm -hmm. how the, the 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 actual train itself was performing and you know part of it is we're applying that kind of technology to to aircraft, to, uh, you know, to aviation, yeah. to defense, you know, and part of it is maybe, you know, and we've also starting to get this in our homes, you know, and we're seeing where this kind of can go with smart, smart homes, you know, and I think your part of it is we've not unlocked what the opportunity, the potentials are in this new digital reality. Yeah. And I think this is the inspiration for those people to think, let's not focus too much on logistics at the moment let's focus on the the art of the possible right what you yeah, believe like happen. yeah if i can add to that so um i tried to get a patent through nasa i'm not going to go there on that but the whole thing was is they told me well mike it's not the actual implementation it's the idea it's the concept it's like if i take a banana and i i don't know banana and i take like i don't know uh I don't know, banana in a coffee cup, put it together. It might be more, like, well, you know, you can charge a iPhone with a banana, right? I've seen this on YouTube. So it's those kind of things that people do. And it's the innovation and the, uh, the whole process of just getting your idea down and who knows what can happen from it. It's just exciting how I think in our age that we live in that you can really with like, for example, you, and I was talking to somebody earlier, you know, like my kid, he's got this really cool idea and it's how you can get those ideas out there. And don't let the, like I said, those haters out there, the ones that crush your ideas, don't let them get to you. Say, hey, you know what? I think it's a cool idea. I'm going to go with it and I'm going to find the right people that I connect with for my crazy idea because you never know. You could have the new thing out there that everybody's just going to, you know, jump on and it's just going to make you wealthy. <laughs> but on top of that, it's going to it's going to make you feel good because. You know, I mean, you've actually impacted society in such, you know, crazy way. So, yeah, I agree with that, Jonathan, totally. <laughs> yeah, I love what you're saying with uh, with also with a, another direction here about, you yeah, know, looking up from from where we are in the sense of just in our industry. So looking at, you know, you, you may have an idea and it's a great idea uh, for the aviation area, but you might be able to look up and, and say, actually, the healthcare industry could also benefit yes, no from trade. this blueprint, right? And yes. then I know this is kind of where you you support, but you know, but also going in from a developer mindset to a testing mindset to a a, a scrum master to a pro program yes. manager to a business yeah. analyst to somebody from the C suite, you know, being able to come up from your kind of protected bubble of you know your, your safe space of maybe your domain in your industry and actually, you know, get together with people from other industries yes. and, and share your ideas, right? Yes, yes. And you know, uh, I just want to add to that because when I was up at the San Francisco, up at the Oracle Open World and the Java Open One up there, 
You run into this people called MicroProfile. You probably know about it. And you have people from like Tommy Tribe, IBM, all these big corporations. And they all had a really nice dinner, which is free food, by the way. I love those. But the point is, is that they're all a think tank and everybody's going, you know, forget the old way of I'm competing with you. Because in reality, we're all in the same train, like you said, right? So let's all go together and we all make all of us successful at the same time. And that seems to be the new culture, right, Jonathan, where let's all move together and let's all go together and let's go ahead and improve our society and where we live today. And that way, like I said, we're all successful. It's just a whole new way of thinking things. It's like, um, I heard this from NASA. Somebody say this to me. They go, some people like to come in, like we call them empire builders. They want to just, you know, get their name in there and try to take over everything and hoard everything. But it's different now. It's like, whatever I know, I want to give it away. And when you do that and you give it away, it's a whole mentality. You're actually improving yourself and society because more is going to come your way, right? In other words, as you sit there and what you learn, like from learning, I'm just listening to your crazy ideas and everything you do. And I'm like, whoa, that's really cool. I'm going to pass it on. And when I pass that information on to somebody, it makes me a better person is trying to hold it all in and be like real intelligent here, pass it on. And then you'll see how you become a contributor to the, I mean, think about it. We are contributors right now out there to our society on where it goes in the next 10 years. It's a crazy quantum thought for me. It really is. So yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think we could learn from the NASA slogan as well, but literally apply that to, you know, knowledge for mankind, right? To share yeah. and grow uh, yes. for, the, for, the, for the greater good, right? And yeah. I think I think this is day one of this kind of new era, which we're yeah, talking about. we started it, Jonathan. It's you and me. Boom. <laughs> on this podcast, which is just fantastic. So, so for those listeners who want to get in touch or want to, you know, read more, apart from the book that you're going to be in, but, you know, how to reach out to you? What's the best way on LinkedIn? Twitter, I know you've done, you've had loads of published material in NASA, uh, NASA publications, but you know, what's the best way to reach out and engage with you? Um, I think LinkedIn's the best way for me, Jonathan. And uh, yeah, I encourage that everybody guys. And the thing is with me, I love your ideas. I love learning about what you do because you help me, you help me in my job. Like, like, I think I told you this, Jonathan, when I was in, uh, when I was moderating for you guys, I was like, I wish I knew you two years ago. Cause when you battle in those design reviews or those people, it's, it's everyone out there that helps me. So I, yeah, I mean, find me on LinkedIn. Um, I think what we, if we can get on that information, you can type in uh, Richson NASA and an ER2 and connect with me. I love to hear about every one of you out there, what you're doing, because you inspire me. Oh my gosh, every one of you out there, you know, Jonathan putting his sweatshirt on when we got in the Q&A, he inspired me. I was like, wow, this famous icon out there and every one of you. So yeah, um, that's that's all I got. Sorry, I get fired up. <laughs> I love it, Michael. Obviously, you've probably been my, my favorite guest of, of 2021. Oh, and um, I'm looking forward to, we'll have to come back and do another one, right? Yeah, let's do, let's do some more because I got to tell you my stories. I got one of you to buy. Oh, man. So Lieutenant Uhura from Star Trek came in and they actually everybody dressed up like Star Trek at my work. She tried to have fun, right? And so I, I was the one that maintained these portable computers. So she took one on board with her and she was like communicating with everybody. So after that, I had to pull it. I had to go get the computer in the compartment on Sophia Dude, I'm serious. Somebody put tribbles in there. I was like, really? 
are you serious? There were like triples that were in this compartment. I was like, what the heck is this? And it was like, they, they took it to such a level. I was like, okay. And I went back to my manager going, there's like a triple in the Sophia. It was like funny. But the reason I say that is because that's just the way it is, man. And everybody out there, just you know, do crazy fun stuff like that. And I don't know where I was going with that, but. No, I love it. Well, it's all right. We've we come to the end. So that was honestly, I could have talked to you for another five, five hours, but I I've got, well, we got to do it again. <laughs> we're gonna, we'll, we'll definitely do it again. And what I'm going to do next is I'll, obviously I'll send it you. I'll send you the transcribed version um, and then I'll send get it off to our editors so they can start editing it. Right. And do all the graphics yeah. and, and all that kind of stuff. And then um, I'll send you the abstract. Uh, I'll send you the, the section of the book and I'll, I'll put you in as a reference. Um, and then you can get a copy of that sent to you as well and and so there you go you've been published and you know what i'm gonna add to that so i'm gonna show it to my boys and say look look at can look happen to you when you contribute to the society in it this can happen to you because you have this amazing outreach now to the uh, community i mean i got like the icon of icons right here jonathan man i'm just blown away bro <laughs> well i, I must be I, I the only one that i forgot to drop in there for the for the podcast is i actually did meet buzz uh aldrin right no and i say way. meet him i i was flying i uh when i was in silicon valley up for, um i i flew a month uh in in uh in the air over a calendar year so i got this kind of award to say that you i've spent a year uh, a month in a calendar in 12 months wow just flying right um yeah. and i remember going through uh into business class and buzz was there with his daughter who was quite quite old uh who was looking after him um and i i i was just like i was blown away i I didn't say anything to him but i was just like oh my god and then they said as he took off that he was on the plane and i was just like right wow bro that was that was awesome it was just like you know and he you know he seemed he looked you know happy you know he's having fun with his daughter and um (laughs) looking after him so it was you know it was great but it was just like like you said these are heroes right these are heroes and, and you know we could all be those heroes it's right. just, you know. and, and, and i did that oh man you're just going everywhere again and i said that in my talk that when i gave it the enterprise architect summit for geekle no i am not doing a shameless plug okay maybe i am <laughs> but the point is is that that's what i said i wanted you you are my heroes you yeah. are my astronauts i mean that's an awesome line jonathan because we really you are i mean when you get in your job, and you're like, oh, I hate my job. No, man, you are contributing to what NASA does and probably SpaceX and all these other crazy space, you know, agencies and companies, private companies out there. So, yeah, just stand up, take a bow, pat your back. It's Absolutely. true. Well, we, we'll, we'll make the future. But it's been awesome, right? I, let's keep in touch. Um, I'll send yeah. you that book thing. And I'll also uh, send you – we'll be touch, in touch over email anyway. So, um, and then we'll, we'll, you'll have to come back. And also, we, I think you might have seen we're running a, an event uh, in May, exactly 12th of May, so a month yeah. from today. Yes. Um, I'll, I'll forward it on, but I'll, I've got to get you on there. You know, it's yeah, great. Do it. I would love the modern you, if you, me, and then those people that you know, we would have a blast. You know, yeah. we would. Well, I love Paul, it. Paul's there. Uh, Paul's on. Oh, there. yeah. We'll bring it on. So, <laughs> We'll get the old gang together and we'll, yeah, we'll do some freestyle stuff. And we'll, what we'll do is we'll do it and ask me anything and, and we'll live stream yes. it. Yeah, so free be, porn. You know, yeah. It'll be on YouTube and everything else live streamed. Let's do that. Oh, I got one more. So somebody contacted me. They did a rap song on me. 
Did. Oh, like really? They did like it was a ch- boom. I went like that, and they copied it out of Ukraine. I'm like, really? They're doing, and that's a new thing, like nerd rap. It's like it's like it rap. It's cool, and then so it's trendy, and then so they did a rap song on me. <laughs> uh, I'll have to send you. Uh, so I used to when I was out in Santa Clara, I worked for Computer Associates, right? And uh, yeah. they had their own song, which was in the charts, no which way. is the cheesiest song you'll ever hear uh, written in the 80s or something and it is like it is it's like pulling teeth i will send it you and you'll absolutely i want to see it and then one oh my gosh i got one more and somebody sent me one on cern oh my word the cern one it's so funny you can learn quantum physics in like three minutes (laughs) that's so cool Send me those. Yeah, I love yeah, it. I'll send them. And I'll, I'll also add what we're going to put in the show notes as well. So like your bio and stuff and get all that stuff right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do that too. Oh, I don't want to quit, Jonathan. This has been fun. I know. It's been great fun. And so let's keep in touch. And yes. I, honestly, I, I had such a good time today. Yeah. Thank you so much. And thank you to everybody out there putting up with our stuff, crazy stuff. <laughs> Perfect. Speak to you later, Michael. Have a great thank day. You. Thank you, Jonathan. Bye. Bye. Bye.